0: hello everyone good morning to all of you it is great to see you i hope everybody had a really happy thanksgiving i enjoyed some turkey and dressing and some dessert and some friends and family were out with you maybe watched some football or a good movie and just had a good good time uh, and enjoyed uh, that time together and then i hope you didn't spend all your money on black friday um because that sometimes happens, but uh, it is great for all of us to be here today. I did want to mention again, Wednesday night, we're going to have a congregational devotional, a congregational meeting together, and we'd love for as many people to come out and be a part of that as possible. We got Bobby Ritter coming, and he's going to uh, be presenting to us, as well as one of our elders, uh, Al, Al Baker. Bobby is actually our Um, financial officer for the church. He'll be here with us. And then Al, one of our elders. And we're going to be talking about reviving the mission of Jesus and thinking about ways that we can contribute to the mission of Jesus. So hopefully you'll all come and be a part of that. That'll be right here at 730 on Wednesday night. If you're a guest here today, welcome. Great to have you with us. Really excited that you're here. I hope that's something that is said. Or, or maybe a song that we sang will be meaningful to you, and you'll come back and be with us again. Now, I'm sure most of us know that we are entering the Christmas season right now. And uh, let me just see if I got. Uh, there we go. See, we got we got beautiful slides today, which is uh, pretty pretty amazing that we have that. Um, but this is the arrival of the Christmas season but it's more than that. It's actually the arrival of the King, and that's what I want to talk about in uh, the message today, the arrival of the promised one, and this is what we're going to be focusing on during this Christmas season. We're going to be focusing on the promised one, and we're going to look at some different titles of Jesus and see what we can learn about Jesus uh, during uh, this Christmas season. You know, there's, uh, there's a particular uh, time that's starting on the church calendar right now. But you might not know about it because we don't really follow the church calendar <laughs> here. Uh, we're not big into high liturgy and that kind of thing. But this time in the church, on the church calendar is actually called Advent. You might have heard that word because you might be familiar with an Advent calendar, And Advent, actually, the word itself uh, means arrival. And so it's, it's about the arrival of Jesus. Or technically, you could also say it's about perhaps the second coming of Jesus as well. But most people, when they think of Advent, they think of the birth of Jesus. They think about King Jesus that was born in a stable in Bethlehem and placed in a manger, this king and the arrival of this king. And actually, there is a whole season of a few weeks on the church calendar to help people to get ready for Christmas Day. Now, we typically don't do that, but in one way or another, I would imagine all of us get ready for Christmas Day in some way, maybe just not in a spiritual way. And that's what I want to talk about today, us helping each other to get ready spiritually for Christmas Day and for the arrival of the king now you might be used to advent calendars uh, even though we didn't actually go through advent in our family uh, growing up we had advent calendars and we also with our children had advent calendars an advent calendar is basically the countdown to christmas day and so it's every day of the month of december you open a box or you uh, open something up and uh, there's a surprise and for our children growing up. Uh, they loved it because Lee was amazing at making your most mundane advent calendar seem like it was uh, something to celebrate every day. And she's still great at that. Even with a grandkid, she's great at it. Uh, Tyler was there yesterday wanting to open up the advent calendar. And we're like, but it's not December 1st yet. But did that keep him from opening up the advent calendar no of course not and did lee try to prevent him from opening up the advent calendar? no of course not you know lee is a great mom she's a great grandmom so she wants to surprise uh, her kids and she actually celebrates those surprises but basically what the advent calendar does It gives you a surprise every day. It might be a toy. It might be a a cookie. It might be a piece of chocolate. It might be a little note or a message to get ready for the big day. And the big day is not even really on the Advent calendar. The big day is a day unto itself. Now, in our minds, as we get ready and think about these next three, four weeks spiritually, do we have that mindset about the arrival of the King? that I need to prepare for the arrival of the king. I need to get ready for the arrival of the king. That is the point of an advent calendar. It's actually the point of this season of the year is to get ready for Christmas day. And we build up for Christmas day in many other ways as well, like making a Christmas wish list or setting out a nativity scene. We have one that we actually purchased in Bethlehem of all places or decorating the house or hanging lights outside the house, or buying groceries, or baking and decorating cookies, or buying and wrapping presents. You see, we spend much preparation and much effort to get ready for Christmas Day just to to celebrate the day, but are we putting effort into preparing ourselves spiritually for the arrival of the King? That's what we want to help each other do over the next few weeks to receive the king, you must be prepared. I mean, that's really the big idea of this lesson, and uh, it's a pretty easy idea to put your head around. If we're going to receive the king, we must be prepared. You know, the prophets of Israel made a huge deal, uh, the coming of the Messiah. They talked over and over again about the coming of the Messiah, but I want us to focus on one passage, and actually one title today, And we're going to be looking at this passage over the next several weeks together. And it's in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And so you're welcome to turn there to Isaiah 9 verse 6. Or wait, look, it's right there in front of you as well. Wow, how about that? Isn't that special? Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, you might know this particular scripture here from Handel's Messiah, because it's sung over and over in one part of Handel's Messiah. But do we really know these titles? And do we really know the king? And are we ready for the arrival of the king? whether we're talking about Christmas Day or we're talking about his second coming, we need to be ready for his arrival. The king has many wonderful titles besides these titles, like Jesus and like Emmanuel, but he's also called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And over the next four Sundays, we wanna explore these titles together. And we wanna ask ourselves Are we ready for the arrival of the king? Now, you might be asking yourself, you might be sitting there thinking, okay, so what? (laughs) You know, he's got these amazing titles. So what? Well, you know what? I'm glad you asked because I'm going to talk about that a bit. Or you might be thinking, okay, how? He's got these amazing titles. I want to be ready for him to come. How? How can I get ready for him? Well, the so what is important because that's about motivation. And I think before we're going to live the life for Jesus, we have to recognize how awesome Jesus is. And once we recognize how fantastic and wonderful and amazing Jesus is, then we're going to want to live for him. So that's the so what, because he is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of shalom peace, which can also mean wholeness. He can give us wholeness in our lives. Since he is that, then we ought to live for him. But how? How do we live for him? Let me just make a few points of during this Christmas season, how you can prepare for the arrival of King Jesus. Number one, you can study out these titles. Just study them out. There's four titles here. Look at each of them. And guess what? We'll help with that. Because over the next four Sundays, we'll talk about that. And we'll help you explore yourself what these titles mean. Secondly, I encourage all of us to read the stories of the birth of Jesus in the Gospels. And if you don't know where they are, they're really easy to find. They're in Matthew chapters 1 and 2, and in Luke chapters 1 and 2. Okay, so remember 1 and 2, and remember the first and the third Gospel, Matthew and Luke, and you'll find the stories there. And I, I, I would even say it's okay to skip over the genealogies. Both of them, about half of it is genealogies or a third of it. Yeah, that's okay to cruise through that or just skip that and go to the narrative itself. But please spend time in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. And I think especially in Matthew 2, Mary's song, which is also known as the Magnificat. Uh, I, that to me is one of the It is one of the most tremendous passages of Scripture in the Bible. Spend time there. So look at Mary, look at Joseph, look at Elizabeth, look at the shepherds, look at the magi, and see how each of them prepared for the arrival of the king. And then ask yourself, how am I doing preparing for the arrival of the king? Third, identify something you want to work on over these next four weeks. Identify something you may, you might want to change, or something you might want to strengthen, and then decide. You know what? I've got four weeks ahead of me right now. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to I'm going to think about it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to talk to people about it. I'm going to keep it in front of me. And then when it comes Christmas Day, guess what? You'll have a present to give Jesus on Christmas Day. Your changed life. Your changed heart your changed attitude, your strengthened disposition. Think about what you can give Jesus on Christmas Day and then work over the next three weeks and the next 30 days or so to strengthen that or change that or or work on that. That's number three. Number four, help other people during this Advent season. I mean, during this time of the year, if you read the Magnificat, you'll get this that it's not just about you, and it's not just about us, it's about other people. And there are a lot of people that are suffering in the world. For some people, this is the loneliest time of the year for them. So give to people. Don't just think about yourself. Give to the needy. Care for the sick. Visit the lonely. Be extra kind to everyone. Uh, When we lived in New York City, and we lived there many, many years, one of the things I loved about Christmas in New York City is it just seemed like, it just seemed like people were nicer to each other during the Christmas season. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was me. Maybe I just wanted a little more niceness or I exuded a little more niceness. But I, I, I felt like the cabs were honking their horns less, that people were op- holding the door open for you, that people were saying thank you. It's just good to show kindness all year round, but let's make sure we do it during this season. And we have a reason to do it. We can do it for Jesus. It's another present that we can give to him on Christmas Day. So maybe decide, I'm going to be a little bit gentler. I'm going to be a little bit nicer. I'm going to be a little bit more kind during this time of the year. Now, I'm sure that all of us will spend some time during the month of December getting ready for the big day. Christmas Day. But my question is Will you spend time during the month of December spiritually getting ready for the arrival of the King? Give this Advent season, give this Christmas season to the King and work spiritually on yourselves and let God work on you during this time. Remember to be ready for the arrival of the King, we must be prepared. Let's give Jesus our heart and our lives during this time. Now, I'm going to transition now. Smooth transition right there. It's always a smooth transition when you say, I'm going to transition now, okay? That's such a smooth transition. Uh, I'm going to talk about Wonderful Counselor, the first of these four titles. And don't worry, it's not a second sermon. Don't worry, I'll have you out before 3 o'clock. It'll be fine. No, No worries about that, all right? So, uh, just a little bit, just a little nugget here about this title, this magnificent title, Wonderful Counselor, that honestly might be the most misunderstood of all four titles. And so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you understand it. You're welcome, okay? You're welcome in advance uh, for that. Wonderful Counselor. Now, when we think of this term, Wonderful Counselor, in our Vernacular today, I think it's easy for us to think about a wonderful person who's going to counsel us and help us in life. And we usually can associate that with therapist or psychologist. And that's a natural place to go. But when this was actually translated in 1611 in the King James Version, counselor didn't mean that. Counselor meant more of somebody who's going to stand with you in court and, and answer questions for you in court. Okay, this might be the closest thing you get in the Bible to something being good said about a lawyer. Okay, just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> no, I'm totally, totally kidding. Um, but that's, that was the mindset. And also it was the mindset in Isaiah's time when he wrote it. But even more in Isaiah's time about the king, because the king was a counselor. And the king would stand in front of people like Solomon did and answer their questions in a wise way. So Wonderful Counselor meant something very different in that context than it does today. So let's break it down. You guys with me? Let's break it down. Okay, the word wonderful is actually from the word Pele, which Pele means in the Hebrew, that's a Hebrew word. It means, and I'll just, I'll uh, quote this, a phenomenon lying outside the realm of human explanation. Phenomenon lying outside the realm of human explanation. So you might think of a different word than wonderful. You might think of the word incomprehensible. Or you might think of the word miracle. Or you might think of someone beyond human understanding. And all of that can be applied to Jesus. Now, this word counselor, um, it, it's probably, it's actually the word Yoas, And Yoas in the Hebrew, I would translate it in a different way. I would translate it advisor. Guess that's more of what the word really meant in the context of Isaiah and in the Hebrew Bible. And so it's actually wonderful advisor. And another way that I would translate it that might make it a little more easy to get your head around is this person is a wonder of an advisor. A wonder of an advisor. An incomprehensible advisor. In other words, you have questions, Jesus has answers. You have aspects of your life that you don't understand, Jesus will help you understand them. That's who Jesus is. Now, I just want to take a moment here and say, I don't think it really means wonderful therapist or wonderful psychologist, but I will say that I think that therapy and psychology can be wonderful. And I don't, I don't want to, anybody to mistake what I'm saying here. I think that therapy is given to us to help us. I just don't think that's the context of how this word was used. Um, I'm not saying therapy isn't wonderful. It can be wonderful. In my own life, I've been talking to a therapist and conversing with a therapist, specifically a grief therapist, um, since the month of March. In March and April, I... I talk to this uh, person practically every day, practically every day we talk. And we still talk. I talked to him twice last week because Thanksgiving was a hard week for us. We're heading into a hard season. I'll be talking to this person throughout this season of the year. And this person to me has been wonderful, so helpful, so kind, great listening ear, and um, just helping me, helping me with my emotions, and so I believe in the strength and the healing power of good professional mental health care. I I think it's needed. I think, honestly, I really feel like God has given it to us, so I don't want anyone to misunderstand me and think all I need to do in life is just simply always turn to Jesus. Maybe that works for you, but my hunch is there's going to come some point in your life where I found, for myself anyway, that you're going to need other people, somebody in, in flesh and bone, somebody right in front of you that can actually talk to you, hear what you're saying, listen, and give you some good help. It's that little, like the little girl, the story I love of this little girl who was asking her mom, Mom, I, I really need Jesus right now and the mom said well Jesus is everywhere he's all around you he's right there he's right and mom is is he right here beside me in the bed right now yes yes he's right there on the side of you in the bed right now She's like well I can't see him he's right there i promise he's right there and he said you know what mom i need a jesus with some flesh and bone and i think all of us at times need that we need people in our lives flesh and blood and bone people that will help us through times. and and I feel like that during this season of the year that might be the case for you. and so if you find yourself getting down getting blue a bit depressed during this Christmas season then I encourage you find a qualified person or a professional mental health caregiver and talk talk through whatever you might be feeling. but Isaiah honestly didn't have that in mind. That's not, that wasn't a thing in Isaiah's time, okay? It's been a recent development in human history. But in Isaiah's time, there were advisors, good, strong people, often good, strong spiritual people that would give good advice. And in this case, that's what it's talking about here. This Messiah, this promised one is a wonder of an advisor, for example, look in Micah chapter 4, verse 9, or look on the screen right there. Wow, there it is Micah chapter 4, verse 9. Now, why do you cry aloud? Is there no king in you? Has your counselor perished? The pangs have seized you like a woman in labor. So, this person has questions, and the person's crying out loud, and Micah says, Isn't there a king among you? Go to that king because that person is your counselor. Is he gone? Has he perished? No, so go, get your questions answered. And that's what Jesus is. He's that wonder of that type of counselor, a wonder of an advisor. Also consider Isaiah 28, verse 29. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. Now, it's talking about the Lord of Hosts there. The title for that is Yahweh Sabaoth. Yahweh Sabaoth is wonderful in giving advice and counseling people, giving advice. He's excellent in wisdom and giving wise sayings and wise counsel to people. And that's Jesus also. That's who Jesus is. And that's what Jesus can do. And then there's this great verse from Paul in Colossians 2. Verses 2 and 3, I want their hearts to be encouraged and united in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, this is Paul looking back on Jesus after he has arrived and saying, Jesus is the treasure chest of all wisdom and knowledge. He's affirming Jesus is a wonder of an advisor. All knowledge, all wisdom is in his treasure chest. And so we go to Jesus because Jesus can help us through tough times and he can answer tough questions. King Jesus is a wonder of an advisor. But the question for all of us today is, do we go to Jesus for advice and counsel? Or do we go other places? And you might ask, okay, how can I go to Jesus for advice? Well, again, I'm glad you asked, because here's how you can do it. It's actually not that hard. You go to Jesus for advice in this way, by reading the Gospels and getting to know Jesus, by looking and thinking of his life every day that you're alive and reflecting on how he lived his life by going throughout the day and just asking yourself a simple question, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond? How would Jesus be in this situation? And you know what? If you know the gospels and you know the life of Jesus, you can begin to answer those questions. And then you leave room for Jesus to work. And you leave room for the Holy Spirit to work. I found in my life that if I have a question and I'll pause, And I'll ask Jesus the question and I leave a little room, then the Holy Spirit will work. The Holy Spirit will come in, sometimes lean in, and sometimes give me exact words. That's what I've experienced in my own life. I listen for his voice and I listen for the voice of Jesus. We can go to Jesus and say, advise me by saying to Jesus, search me, know me, lead me. Guide me. Do you say that to Jesus every day? Search me, know me, lead me, guide me. But we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared for the arrival of a wonder of an of the wonder of an advisor. In other words, King Jesus, and by listening to his advice. You know, one way that I've always prepared for Christmas is by listening to Christmas music. I love Christmas music. It's honestly very hard to listen to right now, but I, I love it. And I think my favorite Christmas song of all is Oh Holy Night. And I know everybody has a favorite Christmas song, right? I don't know what yours is, but for me, and I have a number of them, but I think mine is Oh Holy Night. And it was originally known as the "Cantique de Noel. I'm, I'm sure you're glad to have learned that uh, today, okay? Oh, get ready. You're going to learn some more things about this song right now. It was actually a poem by a French poet, Placide Campo. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, you're welcome. Moi frère, you're welcome. Anyway, and it was written actually in 1843. Um, Then the music was uh, adapted to it by Adolphe Adam in 1847. And, you know, by the mid-1800s, especially in the northern states of the United States, we're talking about before the uh, Civil War now, it was very popular, especially among the abolitionists in the northern states. That's because the third verse actually reads, Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Now, that verse is not always sung in that way today. It's been changed over the years, but that's the way it was originally written, and it was a call to end slavery and a call to end oppression, which actually fits in with Mary's Magnificat, if you read that carefully. Um, So, tragically, it's no longer, well, I shouldn't say no longer, it's often not sung with uh, that verse or that verse has changed today. But go back and take a look at it. And you know, it's been sung by some amazing singers over the years, right? Um, Kelly Clarkson, Jennifer Hudson, you can pick your favorite. Carrie Underwood, Josh Groban, Weezer, Celine, Whitney, Mariah, Ella, and the great... Mahalia ja- Jackson, and our own Shirley, I'm sure, has sung it as well. Um, although in that list, I, Weezer doesn't really make that list. I just threw Weezer in to that list right there. You might even know, know who Weezer is, that's fine. But this is how it goes. Oh, holy night. And I'm not going to try to sing it, okay? I know. I could probably make it, but there's a, there's a money note in there that just is like, yeah, you have to either, either hit that note or you don't, okay? And if you can't hit it, don't play around with it, okay? That, 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 um, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. And I should mention that this whole first verse, what's it about? Advent. It's about the arrival of the king. That's what this first verse is about. Hey, get ready, King Jesus is coming. I'll start again. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. The arrival of the king. Fall on your knees. Why? The king has arrived oh, hear the angel voices, oh, night divine, oh, night when Christ is born, the advent, the arrival of the king, oh, night divine, oh, night divine. The second verse is often goes unsung. It just is skipped altogether, partly because um, there's a little culturally um, incorrect statement (laughs) in this verse. And if you look at it biblically, and I don't know if you'll catch this or not, there's something that's not even biblical in it, but, um, I, and I won't go into all that, okay? I'll leave that for you to figure out, the little puzzle for you to solve, and you might need a wonderful counselor to help you solve that, a wonderful advisor to help you solve that. I don't know. But anyway, it goes like this. Led by the light of faith serenely beaming, with glowing hearts by his cradle, we stand, again, the arrival of the king. So led by light of a star sweetly gleaming, here comes the wise men from Orient land. The king of kings lay thus in lowly manger, and all our trials born to be our friend. Fall on your knees. Why, the king has arrived. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. Oh, night divine. And that's the money note right there. Oh, night divine. And then this last verse of the wonder of our kingly advisor. And this verse actually speaks of justice. Who is this king? What type of king is this? He is a king that will rule justly in the world. He is a king that has come to stamp out oppression. That's this king. And this is one reason I love this hymn or this song so much. Truly he taught us to love one another. That's the king we have. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. Oh, night divine. Oh, night divine. During this Advent season, this Christmas season, let's all of us fall on our knees. Let's hear the angel voices. Let's prepare ourselves for the night divine, the night. When Christ was born, let's focus on listening to the advice of our wonder of a kingly advisor, King Jesus. Let's walk with him, talk with him, commune with him, live with him. Let's say to him, Search me and know me, lead me and guide me. And then on Christmas Day, let's all of us allow our Christmas gift to Jesus. B, that we are more spiritual people because we spent time reflecting on the King. Amen.